Welcome to another episode of JetsCast, inspired by Milo Time. Another super special episode of the JetsCast, inspired by Milo Time, as you have Daryl Kessler here along with Max Kessler. Max, I'm so, so happy to have you here on the show. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's great to be here. It's great it, to be here. It was great to be here with your friends, with Charlie yeah. and Alex um, and um, uh, Jake Singer, but it's also great to have you one-on-one here. <laughs> yeah. Um, for those who didn't join us last week, the music you just heard carry us into the program is a song called Sweet Lefty, which was composed and performed by my great friend, Jared Fontaine, who fronts the band, which is really a solo project called The Idea of Machines. And if you stick around till the end of this episode, just like last episode of the Jets cast inspired by Milo Time, we will play that song again called Sweet Lefty and dedicated to Milo and about Milo in its entirety at the end of this song. And if you want a copy of this song, Reach out to me on the Instagram page at Milo Time Podcast, and I'll get it into your hands. It soon will be available on Apple Music and Spotify and elsewhere, but right now you can get it only from me. So it's Daryl Kessler and Max Kessler here once again on the Jetscast inspired by Milo Time. And Max, I think we need to start with any, well, why don't we start where we always start? Let's start with a Milo Jet story. I'm yeah. sure you have something in mind that um, that you could tell us about. Yeah, no, definitely. I was. We were talking about some good, you know, Milo stories. There's so many of them. Um, but one that came to mind was a more recent Milo Jet story. Was um, my junior year, so two years ago. Um, it was like a random. I think it was a Thursday night, and it was at the time where I believe Milo was a freshman in college or he was taking classes from home while also treating, um, you know, just hard. Um, but it was really awesome because he, sometimes when he was feeling good and he was moving around a little bit, um, you know, you guys would drive us up, drive him up, uh, to come visit me in Boston, um, which was, you know, so awesome. And we'd go get brunch and we'd, you know, Milo and I'd walk around a little bit. He was, it was amazing. It was really, really special weekends. Um, and anyway, so one Thursday night, you guys drove up. It was Jets Colts, and um, I don't remember it being a particularly important game. Um, I mean, I'm sure someone who's listening will know better than I will remember better than I will. Um, but the it, it was Jets Colts. Um, I believe it was Zach starting or Mike White was starting, and whoever it was got injured, and. Um, Josh Johnson came in and threw like four second half touchdowns. The Jets had given up like 56 points. They lost by like 20. Um, but, you know, the most notable thing, obviously, that night was just Milo was at uh, my friend's place. It was, you know, shout out uh, Dove, Julian, Talia, Peggy, Dez, Reina, Dylan. I don't know if any of you guys are listening, but, um, you know, it was at your guys' place. Uh, I know that uh, Jay, my friend JJ, of course, uh, came to watch the game with us. I believe Henry, my friend Henry was there. Um, you know, a lot of Jets fans. Um, it was awesome. I mean, just we hung out, we watched a Jets game. You know, classic. What could be more Jets than watching a Jets get pummeled? Um, <laughs> but it, we had a really great time. Um, you know, just hanging out with Milo. You know, I think it was nice for, for Milo, especially to come hang out with all of us to be really cheering for the Jets. Even though I think it was probably already a lost season at that point. Like every season before last season has been for the last ten years, more or less. Um, but yeah, you know, just a, a great night, a classic. Milo's wearing his 
Milo had, and dad had gotten uh, like these really crappy fake uh, jerseys from China. And Milo was wearing like this Leonard Williams jersey where the 99 was like backwards or something. <laughs> like, it was really funny. Um, and the Jets logo was like upside down or something. It was it was really funny. But Milo was in that jersey. I remember him popping out of the car, uh, picking him up. You know, it was, it was awesome. It, we had a really great night. So that was a really memorable you know, watching the Jets game on Milo for sure. That was a great time. You know, that's a great memory, and I, I remember it. Uh, you remember more detail than I do, but from where I sat, because we simply drove Milo to, wasn't it Dove's apartment? Yeah, yeah, that was their yeah. apartment. That was it was lived. Dove's apartment with some of the other uh, friends you mentioned. I remember taking Milo to the apartment, and he went in there, and then we had to pick him up afterwards, because he was moving mobile but not able to get all the way around the city and we picked him up afterwards yep. and he had such a great time yep. and it was such a beautiful gesture by you and your friends um and it's so great when i think back on that that your friends got to know him your friends from college a little bit yeah, definitely um dove has known him for many years but some of your friends from college got to know yep. him a little bit and then you know it's also heartbreaking i remember the drive home um, mom remembers it too, that it was one of those times, very few times when Milo got very emotional and as joyous as it was to be with you in particular, his brother and great, 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 greatest friend, but to see what college life was like in person with your friends hanging out, watching a football game. And then once again, having to leave it behind and come back home was really hard and it's among the things that you don't think about when you think about somebody treating and you think about the treatments and you think about the challenges but these were the littler things definitely that sort of piled up and he was so tough and strong and was amazing and that was just an incredibly beautiful yeah. night even with sort of the complicated follow-up yeah. i would say yeah i mean and i don't and i don't want to spend too long on stories like this but i mean you know there's just one other time that we did that was the jets were playing in london they were playing the falcons obviously they lost again but it was the, uh maybe the same year yeah it was the same year it was maybe two or three weeks later the jets were playing a sunday morning game and uh shout out ben o'donnell i remember you came over me you and milo were up at like 9 30 you were like half asleep we'd probably had a party the night before or something um that you had gone to and you know it was just we had such a great time the three of us like just watching the jets play the falcons you know it was another terrible loss but it was so great like just you know it was milo popping up into my stairs like he walked up an awesome stairwell like it was just i remember that morning as well great great times yeah and again i'll say one more time it was just amazing because when i think about it it was in that apartment on cedar on cedar street yeah. that milo had begun treating already and he still watched a number of games at your invitation yep. and anytime he wanted to go up to boston we're like you know you're we're in so we would just course, drive yep. up there and you were just a great host and just the best big brother yeah um and those were really memorable to mom and me that you guys had that uh that beautiful time together and even more in hindsight i would say yeah, definitely. I mean, that, you know, that apartment was awesome because it had just, I mean, not all, not awesome for Milo, but it was great to, you know, we, I had a really big stairwell that there was no other way to get into my apartment. You know, it was always just cool for all of us. I know to see, you know, Milo, Milo walking up those stairs was a cool way to kind of start the morning when I'd see when he, when we walked up. Yeah, you know, it was nice. For sure. Well, what better way to pay tribute to Milo than to talk about a Jets team on a little bit of a run. So, 
last week when we had your friends on the show, we spent a lot of time talking about the Eagles game. Not sure there's a lot of mop-up to do. I think we covered it pretty well. Yeah. Um, I guess some of the mop-up uh, involves what happened last week during the Jets' bye week, which is that the team that the Jets just beat, the Eagles, lost to a team in the Jets' division, the Miami Dolphins, and Max, what do you think about that? Does that tell us anything more? Does the transitive property apply? And we've learned more about the quality of the Eagles, the Jets, the Dolphins. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, I was talking to, coincidentally, I bumped into my, my good friend Sam McBride today, who's a huge Bills fan on the train ride home. And, you know, we were kind of talking about just how every team this year kind of looks, except for the Chiefs, looks like they have, you know, at least a sizable amount of, of a possibility of losing really any given game, you know, this weekend more than anything really proves it. I mean, I know that the, you know, people have been complaining online about the penalties of the Eagles and Dolphins game, but whatever. I mean, the Eagles look like the better team, I would say, for the most part of that game. And the Dolphins, who I think people were starting to kind of get into this mode of they might be the best team in the league, or at least other than the Chiefs, you know. But um, I, I feel like it makes the Jets win look better and also makes kind of at the same time the Giants game look a little scarier because... You know, now I'm thinking like, man, if the Jets actually are good, you know, I'm starting to get my hopes up a little bit because they maybe just beat, did beat the second or best team in the league. Maybe the Eagles are not overrated, whatever. Um, you know, that's getting me excited for this weekend, which obviously as a Jets fan, we all know you got to be wary of getting your hopes up. So that, so that was nice. So a couple of things there. I, I agree that it does seem like there's no one or two dominant teams this season. Other than the Chiefs. Uh, the Kansas City looks really good, but the Jets made them look just yeah, yeah, yeah. okay that's a little true, bit, and they don't look as explosive as they have in the past. I think what we have noted many times over the years, Max, is that those really good teams tend to get better as the season yeah. goes on. So the fact that some of the better teams may have only four or five wins, save in Buffalo with four wins, or um, you know Miami with five wins, or even Kansas City with six wins, they may get better as the season goes on. And if the Jets want to, you know, contend and be competitive in the playoffs, they're also going to have to improve. Um, so that sort of brings us to a game that you've already mentioned. After a bye week last week, the Jets still sit at three and three. Coming into this past weekend, the past weekend the Giants were one and five, looking to save their season. Basically, if they go to one and six and lose to the Commanders, their season is pretty much over. And they. Did all they could to keep the commanders in the game, but ended up winning. And it was a really important win for the Giants. And it does concern me. I'm not sure that the Jets are good enough to call anything a trap game. But I do wonder what you saw in the Giants game and what you think. Well, let's start with what you saw in the Giants game about the Giants. And let's talk yeah. about that for a minute. Yeah, I mean, a couple of thoughts. Because I watched most of that, most of that game. Because, you know, with the Jets on the bye, I, I mean, I also had... Sam Howell and Brian Robinson in fantasy, which shouldn't go so well. But that was also why I watched a bunch of that game. Um, but what I would say is the Giants' D has been great the last two weeks or so. I mean, they should have had a win against the Bills. I think they gave up 14 points in that game. Yeah, 14. Yep. The Giants' D looks like a real threat. Um, and, you know, all of a sudden, with Tyrod Taylor, quarterback, who I think is better than Daniel Jones, maybe maybe that's ridiculous. But, you know, they're starting to look a little bit like the Jets, which is notable I think like playing good defense a quarterback who doesn't turn the ball over you know it's eerily similar to I think the Jets scheme and watching them play a commander's team which is pretty bad I don't think that win is that meaningful but 
it definitely showed, I thought, the identity of the Giants and that they actually do have one is important. And, you know, as Jets fans, we know, like, you know, maybe the season is over for the Giants still. Maybe they're out of the playoffs. But at the same time, you're one and six. You can stop watching. At two and five, then you get to three and five. Like, then maybe you keep watching. So, you know, every win before the season's over is meaningful. And, you know, I think the Giants, you feel like you have an identity now, at least with Tyrod. And even if it's Daniel Jones, the defense looks great. The O-line looks better. Um, and, you know, the Jet, beating the Jets would be a real step in the right direction for them. So. Yeah, it is interesting, you know, even though even though we watched the Giants game together, I hadn't really thought about the fact that the Giants in week seven looked a fair amount like the Jets in week five and six, weeks Definitely. five and six. And that is following the same recipe of, as you said, quarterback, don't turn the ball over. You don't have yep. to win the game for us. Yep. Just don't turn it over. Let the defense do its thing. Pressure the quarterback. If you punt the ball, that's fine. Keep the score low. Stay in the game. Yep. Um, it didn't the, the the sort of the run of the score didn't go the way the Jets game did. That is, the Giants jumped out early and then held on yep. as opposed to falling behind and then coming back. Mm-hmm. But it really was sort of a Jets kind of game. And again, I don't think the Jets are good enough to, for any game that they play to be called a trap game. No. But I am definitely concerned about a growing confidence in the Giants. You and I were yeah. debating whether we'd rather yeah. the Giants win or lose. If they lose, they go to one and six, and maybe even the players start thinking about golf yeah. over the summer. But at two and five, now they're very much right. not out of it, and they have every game as a must-win. And not that you should need additional incentive as a professional player, but they may come into this game pretty fired up, and Definitely. it may be a real... This may be the Giants' Super Bowl... Yeah. Um, this year and for the Jets it should be things could change very quickly too. yeah things could change very quickly yeah it should be you know I, I think that as big as the Eagles game was last week at this point I guess now um, you know this game is the Jets have to go 2-1 and one over the next 3 and ultimately 3-2 and two over their next 5 is my take on it to get to the playoffs and you know the charge and on another note and we don't really have to get that much into this but the Chargers and Raiders both look very beatable, which are the following two games after the Giants. But this Giants team is a team that the Jets should beat. If the Jets are a playoff team, they should beat the Giants, even if the Giants have looked better. Um, you know, and, and, and this is really a great week to really put up or shut up if you're the Jets, because I'm not saying any team could run into a fluky win against the Eagles. I'm not sure any fluky wins against the Eagles exist. But good teams beat bad teams pretty handily. And I think that if the Jets are truly trying to contend that they are a good team... They should beat the Giants, who maybe aren't bad, but are definitely lesser. And the Jets should be able to win this game this week. It's just, you know, no matter how it is, if it's ugly, if it's 10 to 7, if it's 40 to 30, the Jets should win this week if they really are serious about being a playoff team. I think it's that simple. And the other thing about that is I think we will learn something about Zach Wilson and Robert Sala this week. The Jets have had two weeks to prepare. Huge. Two weeks. Two weeks to prepare. Two weeks to get healthy. Two weeks to get healthy. And... In a weird way, a confident Zach concerns me. Yeah. I kind of don't, I've kind of grown comfortable with the Zach on his heels playing conservatively. Yeah. Um, a confident Zach reading the newspaper and listening to the sports shows concerns me a little bit. And then I do worry, I mean, the two week, the two weeks off couldn't have come at a better time in some ways because they had a couple of guys banged up who were going to be back. Maybe. We, maybe. It's not confirmed yet. Maybe. But um, on the other hand, 
it's a lot of people talking about how surprisingly good the Jets win over the Eagles yeah, was. When in reality, absolutely. it just as easily could have gone the other way and they could have been two and four and everyone absolutely. would be complaining about um, yep. uh, complaining about the Jets. So Definitely. the Jets need to be careful. And this week, we're going to learn a lot about Zach and we're going to learn a lot about Robert Sala. I think so too. And, you know, we, we went into the season. I mean, we, we went through the Jets schedule before the season began. And we said with Aaron Rodgers, and I've, you know, I've seen this all over Twitter, and it's true. The Jets, we would have signed up for 3-3 three and three with Aaron Rodgers for the, through the first six. Absolutely. That was not our goal, I would say, but to be 3-3, three and three, we said that is totally fine. Um, and, you know, that being said, that was with the assumption that they would, you know, maybe go 2-1 and one or 3-0 and oh in these next three. So now it's time to do that, you know. I'm glad that we're at this next phase of the season, but now it's time for the next section of these games to begin. Um, and also on your note about Zach being too confident, like I, I'm honestly not even sure the O line is good enough for Zach to be playing that confidently. Like, you know, I, I just think that I think that the that Hackett has a pretty good read on how good the O line is, how much time Zach has, and he's proven that the last two games. So, you know, I I feel optimistic. I think, which is as people know who are listening, is pretty rare. But I I think the Jets should beat the Giants realistically and trying to be you know uh, objective about it. So. You know, I'm hopeful. Well, I would say that Giants fans and Jets fans are probably both saying the same thing, which is what you and I already talked about on this show. Quarterback, don't turn the ball over. Let's run the ball. Uh, Saquon Barkley, always dangerous. Let's make sure the defense um, at least puts pressure on the quarterback and at best creates a bunch of turnovers. And the Jets should be able to win this game. But again, Giants fans are looking at their schedule, seeing the Jets saying, this is a game we could win also. I do want to talk about one other thing. You mentioned Aaron Rodgers. I know that I was less excited than most when he came to the Jets. Uh, Don't love all the baggage. Didn't love the idea of a quarterback that age. I'm not going to say that I foresaw a season-ending injury or anything like that, but I will say this. I have mixed feelings about him showing up on the sidelines and being sort of involved in the media on behalf of the Jets. I know that Robert Sala said some very positive things about it, and it was incredible for the team, and they got a boost, and I have to take him at his word. And if Aaron Rodgers' presence is helpful to the team and gives them a boost and gives them confidence, then that's great. I can't help but take a cynical approach to it, and just my attitude is a little bit If the team wants him there and the coach wants him there, great. But it almost feels like he's showing up now. The team is coming together and playing well. And he's talking about playing later in the season, which I guess would be good, but it seems almost inconceivable. And why don't we just let this Jets team develop as it is with Aaron Rodgers in a supporting role, which is not one that he's comfortable with, as opposed to a leading role, and sort of stay out of the way. If you're going to be a good teammate help in ways that help the team and otherwise don't be the face of the organization when you're recovering from a torn Achilles. I think that's a minority opinion, but I do, I just find him frustrating. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't really have an opinion on it to be honest. Like I don't, I just don't, you know, I don't really watch any talks. I'm not saying you do. I, I just don't really, I just, you know, we always start with neither of us ever watch hard knocks. Like I just am not that, you know, I'm not that interested in the storylines from the locker room and stuff like that. And I'm, again, I'm also in the minority seriously in that. So I more just don't really have an opinion on it. Like I didn't really have an opinion on Hard Knocks. I think it's great. I think it's awesome. I'm sure it fired people up for the season. My counter to people who asked me why I wasn't watching was always like, 
I'm spending more than enough time thinking about the Jets, and I <laughs> care already more than enough. Like, I don't need to get more hyped up. Yeah. Um. You know, and then if I if I had watched Hard Knocks, then, you know, I was at the game watching Aaron Rodgers tear his Achilles four plays in after watching five hours of Jets media. Not that I hadn't consumed five hours of Jets media previously. I'm sure I had. But, you know, I, I like to just enjoy the team. And I guess to that end, I do agree that, you know, I, I like the pure football aspect of it. And I'm, I'm just more, to me, it's more like I'm just less interested in the Rodgers stuff. Like, I just don't really care that much when he goes on the Pat McAfee show and stuff like that. So, you know, if it if it's not negatively affecting the team's play, which it hasn't yet, he hasn't said anything too stupid that has become a storyline in and of itself. I don't really care. He's probably bored, to be honest. Um, so, you know, I, I don't have that much of an opinion on it, but if, if, if they think he's helping the team out and if that means that he wants to go talk on ESPN, then I'm all for it. So, Well, that's fair enough. Then that's a perfect way to wrap up this episode of the Jets cast inspired by Milo Time. Max and I have to pack things up now because by the time you, our listening audience, is listening to this, Max and I will have been in Newcastle at St. James's Park for the upcoming, yep. by the time you listen to this, now completed uh, Champions League game between Newcastle, our Newcastle, yep. Magpies, Toon, and the uh, squad from Dortmund in the Bundesliga. Yep. Hopefully, by the time you're hearing this, Newcastle will have won that game and taken charge of their group in the Champions League. And then Max and I will be heading down to London and Selhurst Park yep. to see Crystal Palace host Tottenham on the Friday. Top of the table, Tottenham. Top of the table, Tottenham. Ange's Army. That's exactly right. So a lot going on for us and for the Jets coming up. That is it for this episode of the Jets cast inspired by Milo time. Once again, be sure to stick around for the entirety of the song sweet lefty by idea of machines and its front man, Jared Fontaine. And of course, be sure to listen to Milo time when it drops a new episode on Saturday night, Sunday at midnight. Until then, Daryl Kessler signing off for Max Kessler. And let's go Jets, J-E-T-S. Jets, let's go Jets, Jets, Jets. let's go Jordies. 